This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's off-track betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Kate from Tsunami Bomb, and you're listening to The Loud Spot with Sebastian. What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Loud Spot. I'm your host, Sebastian Cosby, right out of Oklahoma City. We have a great co-host tonight, Stephanie Suter from the band Sonoris Rising. What's up, Stephanie? Hey, Sebastian. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing absolutely great. And then I'm also excited to have Tsunami Bomb on the podcast with us tonight. What is going on? I see Dominic laughing over there. Uh, <laughs> yeah it is kind of a crazy intro it kind of uh catches you uh, by surprise i think if you don't listen to my podcast i, I was I, I was in it i was i was with you. was that you singing no that's a no that's a that's a band called hot zone uh, they're from the east coast they made that for me that's amazing yeah that's pretty cool okay i want to talk about your newest album that you guys came out with in 2019 the spine that binds I said that right. I said, yeah. Okay, good. I thought I messed it up for a second in my head. So why did you guys decide to go with another, like an album in 2019? Who wants to answer that? (laughs) Why do you guys have to answer that? That was actually equivalent of all three of us looking at each other going, well, we just felt like uh, it was the natural progression of when we initially came back together, we weren't exactly planning on doing more music we were kind of paying tribute to what tsunami bomb was because we released a old early years collection uh that we called trust no one and kate was amazing and stepped up to help us out to do those shows i don't think she bargained on actually being in a full full on band when she said yes <laughs> uh, 
And so when, uh, but as we kept going, we found that despite the changes that we've gone, you know, member changes, uh, it kept doing really well and it felt good. Uh, the band itself was, had really come together to be a great band again. And we felt, uh, it felt honest and it felt like it, it, it felt like the best version of Tsunami Bomb that we, we've done. Like it was just so much fun and people were, you know, initially uh, hesitant, but then started embracing it and, and kept embracing it. And we got so much support. And so it's just like, you can't really put a lot, a lot of us in a room and have us do music without eventually us starting to write music together. And uh, one, of, one of the most exciting things for me personally was to be able to play with Gabe and Oubliette again, and then immediately start coming up with things. And then Kate, was just all over it and really just open-minded and like she would be really honest about what she thought of the music and like really came from a very informed place with it and and started embracing it with her input and then when Andy joined up with us he had seen the band from its very beginning he was at the very first show he's an old friend we played with his band so many times and he's a spectacular musician and he started contributing and it just, that, it just, it wasn't the initial intention, but then when you brought everybody together, it just made sense, and we had more to say, and so that became the spine the bind. A little bit of a hybrid, so Brian, who was the original guitarist for Tsunami Bomb in their early, early years, um, he had left prior to the Ultimate Escape, uh, was a friend of mine, uh, so we worked together and, and became friends. At the same time, yeah, I was a huge Tsunami Band fan in high school. Um, I, I am a bit younger than these guys, so they get to get that grief from me periodically. Uh, but I was a huge fan growing up. So even when I met Brian, I didn't realize that when he talked about being in a band, uh, he was talking about being in a Tsunami Bomb for, until this all kind of came to fruition. And he told me that you know this was the band he was talking about. And uh, when it came to the reunion, getting back together for the Vandals 20th anniversary show that Dom was mentioning uh, for that collection that was put out, uh, he was the one that was like, hey, hey, can you do this? Do you think you could sing for a night? Uh, which my response was not positive, I can tell you that much. Uh, and that's how I kind of got pulled into the whole thing. But no, I had never met uh, the group before, and I mostly just fangirled a lot when uh, when I finally realized what was going on. All right, Andy, same question goes for you because you joined in 2017, right? Uh, yeah, I think that's correct. It might have been, yeah, sounds about right. And were you a fan of Tsunami Bomb also before joining the band or were you kind of just friends with them uh, when they asked you? Uh, friend is probably uh, like a strong word. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. So like, like Dom had mentioned, I was actually at their first show ever. Um, when the band got together initially and prior to Tsunami Bomb being a thing because he was in a band that one of my old bands had played a few shows with back when I was in college. And and so I just happened to be there. I don't know, I guess I got elevated to a, a bigger degree and then eventually we're living together and he started up Tsunami Bomb again and uh, it was really exciting. I was I was super excited for him and um, along the way, they ended up just needing somebody to fill in on guitar. And he just kind of eventually said, hey, you know, like, do you want to do it? And I said, uh, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so we just we went from there. And 
I guess, yeah, like to answer your question, definitely I was a huge fan. I was definitely supported the band, played shows with them over the years, and was always really excited to see the success that they got over the years. So that was, that was it's really cool to be a part of it. I yeah. think what's really neat is you, go, you can go back and listen to some of the earlier songs that Tsunami Bomb came out with and some of the songs now, and there's really a smooth transition even though there's some new band members. I think I think it's, the band kind of stayed true to the roots of who they are, but they do. All, but you guys also have a more dynamic sound because you've grown as you've grown as musicians as well. You know, yeah, and that was the intention of the spine that binds. We knew that we it had been so long, and we had obviously member changes, but we wanted to let people who had been fans all the way along hear this record and still feel the connections back to the older records. Uh, we wanted you to hear the invasion from within and the ultimate escape and the definitive act and then be able to go, okay, I see the line of how this is going, which means this next one, we're a little bit more free to whatever we want because it's now, you know, I feel at least I, I don't, I can't speak for everyone, but at least for me, I feel a little bit more free moving forward because we've kind of paid our dues to our own fans of, of people's expectations going is this going to sound like Tsunami Bomb? Am I going to still hear the band in this? And Tsunami Bomb has a distinctive sound. It's it's hard to explain, but it's it's easy to go. No, that's not it. But it's it 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 blends a lot of different styles into its weird, gothy, dark, but yeah, happy but evil sound that it bounces around. It sounds it sounds great. I know that Stephanie has some questions for you guys, but before we ask those questions stuff i'm gonna go ahead and play the spine that binds we're gonna rock that on the podcast and we're gonna come back and let you take over for a little bit okay okay all right here we go
never meant to be goodbye. It was never meant to be goodbye. Just a break from all the lies. Just a break from all the lies. Now it's time to right the wrong. Now it's time to right the wrong. This is my story, my fight, my song. This is our story, our fight, my song. This is our story, our fight, my song. This is our story, our fight, my song. That was the spine that binds by Tsunami Bombs uh, on their latest album. Stephanie, what questions did you have for them? Well, I'm actually very curious about this. You guys are signed to Alternative Tentacles. And for the listeners who don't know, that is Jello Biafra, the singer from The Dead Kennedys and other things. Uh, That's his label. And I was just kind of wondering, how did you guys get on that label? Uh, I actually work there. Um, <laughs> he had an in. He has an in. <laughs> but what what was happening though is uh, I used to work, but I also used to work at Kung Fu Records after Tsunami Bomb broke up, which was our last label, and then that ended up turning into a job at Alternative Tentacles before Tsunami Bomb was together. Um, and while we were shopping it around, uh we were looking for a label um, because I, 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 we we were looking for something to somebody to get behind it now because Kung Fu was going through a couple different transitionary period. So it wasn't like we weren't going to go back there initially, you know, that wasn't, that didn't seem like it was an option at the time. And so we were, we were sending out to everybody. We're just be like, and it's funny because Tsunami Bomb's always been a tough sell. Like labels, when people go like, well, you're on a record label, you guys get everything. I was like, fucker, they've turned us <laughs> all down. Like, every single label you can imagine, you name a punk rock label, it has said, no, to Tsunami Bomb, 100%. Really? All, all of them, especially back in the day. They were like, nah, not you guys. Were you super like, worried about shopping this, like, when you were shopping this run around? Even Because to me, you know, I grew up in the Bay Area, so I'm from... I'm from your guys' world over there, okay? So to me, I always felt like, you know, Tsunami Bomb, cause maybe it's because you guys are from there, but a staple kind of in the punk rock in the punk rock industry. I, so were you nervous shopping this new? Um, or when you guys started back the band, were you nervous about setting it that you might get a bunch of no's? Yeah. Because well, it's... <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> it had been a long time, and we were changing things up a bit. And we were not sure how people were going to react to it. And Tsunami Bomb's a tough sell. Like, you sit there, like, people listen to us and go, oh, okay, this is Tsunami Bomb. But you, like, do we sound like a Fat Records band? No. Do we sound like something on Epitaph? No. Do we sound like something on, I mean, insert, we don't. I mean, one, at one point when we decided to do the album and we were going to go forward and look for a record deal, we, were, we, we all committed that we're going to do this. I, I was walking around Warped Tour 2016, so we got a couple dates on it. 
And I realized that still, like back in the day and then now, I was like, nobody sounds like us. Like nobody does. No. And Jello's described when we were talking about branding, I'm jumping over the, the, the question you asked, Stephanie. I, I promise I didn't forget it. But <laughs> we were trying to come up with like the recommended if you like. Like, okay, pick up this record, the sticker on the front that says, sounds like this and this and that. Like, what was it going to say? And Joe, we offer was like, Tsunami Bomb doesn't sound like anyone else. Other people sound like Tsunami Bomb. That's, that's right. just the reality. Like, that's it. Like, that's how he sees it. Like, and I have to say, like, you can't quantify our sound even naming three other bands. We don't. It's a, such a mission. It, I, I'm very proud of that about this band. But it makes it really hard <laughs> to find a home. People... You know, you get labels who look at it and go, I don't know how I fit this in with everything else I'm doing. Even AT, Alternative Tentacles was like, I don't think the people who follow AT is going <laughs> to like this. But fuck them, you have your own fan. <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> and so we were shopping demos and <laughs> this time around, I wasn't getting straight nose. I was getting silence. Keep in mind, at this point, I've been working in the music industry for a long time. Okay, so hold on. So, like, a straight no is no, but, like, a silent no is, like, a fuck no. <laughs> like, right? It's more like uh, leaving the door open for someday. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I'm going to say here, so I'm not going to say no. Got it. <laughs> I'm not saying yes. So, let's see what happens. And right. it's like, and just to, to, to reiterate this, like, some of these cases, these are friends of mine. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Like, who worked at other labels who are like, hey, man, you know, if you're not into this, no big deal, but we're looking to put out a new record. Here, you want to hear some demos? Are you interested? And it's like crickets. <laughs> <laughs> that but while funny. that was happening, uh, because I work with Jello Biafra, he was asking, he's like, one day, like, he, I guess he'd hear about it from other people at the label. And at one point, he comes up to me and he goes, wait. So, are you shopping demos? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, why don't you like alternative tentacles? And I was like, I like alternative tentacles a lot. And he goes, well, why aren't you sending me the demos? <laughs> I was like, because you're not going to like it. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're way too poppy for you. We don't sound like, we definitely don't sound like, there was a point where I was like, we definitely don't sound like alternative tentacles. Like, that's not going to happen. Then he I liked it, right? Huh? He wound up liking it, right? Well, that's the funny thing. I was like, you're not going to like poppy stuff. Like, this is poppy for you. you. You're not going to like it. And he goes, I don't mind poppy. I signed fucking Pansy Division. I don't <laughs> care about poppy. Is your band boring? Is Tsunami Bomb boring? <laughs> and I was like, no. And he's like, well, then send it to me. To send me the stupid demos. I was like, all right, you're not going to like it. And then uh, like the irony, too, is that I would like personally, like, you know, I've been a huge fan of like stuff on Alternative Tentacles since high school, you know, and I would say that the closest thing that we are to anything on the label is dead Kennedy's, you know, from like back in the day. You he know? would agree with you. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, like, yeah, like that whole idea of like, how did we get on AT? It's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a conundrum because there isn't a lot of stuff on AT that is even closely related. Like there are, there's a few bands that you might, but it's still like kind of reaching, you know, yeah. to try to say like, oh yeah, they sound alike. Yeah, he got all smug when he called me back, and he was like, like a week later, he's like, "I like the demos." <laughs> I like that. And I was like, 
That's good. And he goes, yeah, I like him. Send me more. Maybe we should do something here. Oh, do you want to? Like, he got all, like, buttered about it. Like, that. Like, do you want to be there? That's, that's well, hilarious because people are always trying to get on that label and he came to you. Yeah, it wasn't, like, I, I work there and so it's easy for people to go, like, oh, so you work there, you got an in. And it's like, yeah, but a lot of everybody who works there, well, not everybody now, but almost everyone who works there has a band and they're not on AT. Like, he doesn't, that doesn't get you on AT. But it was a situation where he heard we were shopping and got actually genuinely hurt that we didn't <laughs> send the demos to him and we were considering alternative tentacles. Because in his mind, he's like, he does see a lot of equivalency with Dead Kennedys and he sees, he, he recently also, we've been having a lot of conversation about songwriting going into this next album. And one of his things was that he sees Tsunami Bomb is able to do whatever the fuck Tsunami Bomb wants to. I don't even know if I'm supposed to swear, so I'm sorry. Yeah, no, you can say fuck all you want to. Fuck, yeah. fuck, fuck, doesn't matter. Yeah, fuck shit. <laughs> uh, no, but he says, he said, like, you know, he thinks that Tsunami Bomb can do whatever it wants. And, like, and he made the comparison to us to uh, uh, Queens of the Stone Age recently where he's like, they can give anything, like, we don't sound like Queens of the Stone Age, but he's like, they can play whatever they want to their fans, and it's Queens of the Stone Age when they do it. So, right. and he goes, in Dead Kennedys, we would do hardcore, surf, old rock, we would do everything, and everybody sort of sums it up as like, wow, they're an original-sounding, crazy punk band. He goes, the best parts of Tsunami Bomb is that. Um, so, to him, he goes, I know that, like, a ca he knows that a casual listener not a casual, so like a long-time fan of Alternative Tentacles would look at Tsunami Bomb on AT and go, what? But he also says, like, Tsunami Bomb is one of the most unique punk bands right now in his mind. And I, and I kind of agree. I can't think of anybody that we're, we're not part of any scene anywhere. We're friends with lots of kinds of bands. Like, <laughs> we play with anybody. But he says, like, that uniqueness deserves a home at Alternative Tentacles. And to him, it fits in that regard. Yeah, uh, though he has called us, he, he has described us as Pat Benatar goes goth fronted by TSOL. That's a great compliment. I know. I was like, I buy that <laughs> record. He goes, I was, I didn't mean it as a compliment, and I was like, I still buy that record. Right? I think that would be enticing. <laughs> Somebody told me that album was happening. I was like, I'm buying that record. See, I brought I brought Stephanie on because she is. Definitely more in like in the like she's she's in a she's in a punk band herself, and so she's like in the industry, you know, on the East Coast. You guys are West Coast, uh, and I thought she'd be great. And she already asked a way better question than I ever would have asked on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so good, jo good job, good job, Stephanie. I do want to ask what month because I never fucking research it. What month did the album come out? The spine that binds. November. Okay, I thought it was November, but I didn't want to say it and be wrong. Here's a question. That came out in November, because you guys probably plan on touring with that album. Yeah. Well, that fucking didn't happen. So, so I mean, that sucks, right? What do you do? Now, do you have to, like, write a whole nother album now and then tour with that one? Like, are you guys working on a 2021 uh, are you, any new songs or are you just kind of waiting out the COVID thing and then tour with the spine that binds? So one of the things that has made this such a unique situation all around is that we are not in Tsunami Bomb full-time of our lives. You know, we're not a full-time touring band anyway. So whether it was shopping a label or trying to decide how we were going to tour spine, 
it wasn't going to be a ton of shows. We usually will go out like four times a year, play some long weekends. You know, we're going to a couple of festivals, like maybe 20 times a year that we're going to be on a stage. So we had already had a short timeline for what we were going to do to tour spine. Um, we were able to go out. We did a, a show in Berkeley for our uh, actually alternative tentacles festival to release the album. And then we did um, four shows in Southern California, Vegas and Tempe in January of 2020. Uh, so we maybe had another two, three runs like that planned before kind of whatever came next was going to happen anyway. So uh, you know, getting into that, yeah, we do have another record planned. Um, we have been writing. We've been writing for quite a while. Um, you know, Spine took us about four years, uh, plus or minus, to really write that album just while we kind of learned each other, learned just logistics of what that was going to be like to record all over the country. Um, but this time, we're we're ready and set to go for the next record and, and really just to dig into it quickly. So I assume touring, you know, we'll talk about it more whenever we're allowed to go out again. Uh, we'll, we'll be a little bit of both, right? Um, still some of the old stuff for sure, but actually get to play the new stuff live. Those four shows I mentioned, we didn't have Oubliette with us uh, for something she needed to do personally. So personally, really excited to have my vocal buddy back to be on a stage yeah. for the new record and, and be together. So we'll kind of have to see what that timeline ends up being. And if it's new record and spine at the same time, cool. You know, I really that's most likely that it, honestly, that's most likely what's going to happen. Like she said, we, we have Jello asked me just actually yesterday, uh, Friday, uh, asked me on Friday, like how many songs we have right now. And I was like, 10. And he's like, 10. <laughs> he's like, good. <laughs> keep going, keep going, go to 20. And then stick to that. But, Do mean, you guys have any uh, plans for any sort of like live streams or music videos, like in place of not being able to play shows or tour right now? Yeah, definitely some. Um, you know, we've tried a couple different things. Um, Andy and Dom, luckily, are still both in Berkeley, uh, very close to one another. I'm guessing one of you is in your apartment above and below right now. <laughs> they live in the same complex. Um, <laughs> so, so that piece works. Uh, one of the things it hard, though, is we are ultimately in four different cities. So they're together. Um, Gabe is closer to Santa Rosa, so in, in the Bay Area. I'm in the South Bay. And then Oubliette's in New York. So while we oh. definitely want to do some streaming, you know, we just start getting into coordinating that many people and trying to coordinate that much audio. It's a little bit more finicky. Um, but what I can say is Oubliette and I are working on a couple of things right now uh, that won't be entirely live, but that we can kind of pre-record and coordinate uh, to try to get that out to have something. And we... Have we... you guys been, like, sharing songs with each other? Like, mm-hmm. to write? Yeah. And you just you just kind of, like, do each part, each piece, and then put it all together? Technology yeah. is our friend. Yeah, we... <laughs> We 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 shop a lot of stuff just amongst each other, and like if if I have an idea and I throw it out to everyone, or if Dom brings an idea um, to the table, um, I mean that that's generally where the the building blocks start from. Um, not always, but but usually. And then um, you know when we are able to get together again in a you know capacity where more of us are in the same place, we'll be able to flesh them out like, you know, to, to be what they ultimately will become. Cause it's, it's tough when you don't have that chance to really vibe off of each other. You know, the last time we were all in the same room was January. 
And yeah. by all that, that didn't even mean oubliette, but that was, you know, the four of us getting out of a tour van sick after a week of touring. So yeah, the last time all five of us were together was November, November. last November. Yeah. So a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I will say, I think that's part of where our own histories with this band are so important, both original members and Andy and I, because we all connected to a different part of Tsunami Bomb. So while uh, Dom and Oubliette weren't there for the definitive act, that was the first Tsunami Bomb record I owned. So that was kind of the bigger influence for me, whereas for them, the ultimate escape is so strong. So that it kind of naturally hybrids there. We had a request recently that they uh some some of our our friends some people requested that we do a live stream of the band members listening to the spine that binds and reacting to it and i realized we've never done that and since we can't tour maybe that would be interesting i i don't know we have to talk about it it made me think of it when you played our song and i had to awkwardly listen to it so that's (laughs) 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 this is ridiculous i'm just like do it again yeah, let's let's make it feel more awkward. Let's do that again. I absolutely love making people feel awkward. So let's play it right now. Here is Naysayers by Tsunami Bomb.
That was naysayers. What were you saying about that, Dom, when the song was playing? Say well, that again. All the songs. Okay, so I, I've i written a lot of Tsunami Bomb songs, or like, and co-written a lot of Tsunami Bomb songs. But on this album, the main, the, the, of, of all those songs that I've written and co-written in this band, like, this was the one where I was congratulated by some people, more than once, where somebody was like, this is a really great song. You really captured the classic Tsunami Bomb sound in this song. And I was like, Kate and Andy wrote it. I <laughs> <in> my face. <laughs> that wasn't me at all, other than lucky enough to play with them. So it was like, and it was funny of all the songs to have participated in, that was one where people had actually come to me and been like, this is classic, Tsunami Bomb. And I was like, it's totally the new ones. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> They're not so new anymore. But, I mean, that's the thing. It was. It's, it just shows how amazingly talented they yeah, are. Yeah, the, the organ, like, really adds something to it, too. I, like, I love that sound. I don't know which type of organ she uses. Korg. But I, oh, well, actually. A Korg. Yeah. Uh, I think it was on her Korg. Yeah. Yeah, I think the sound is like like a traditional like I think it's like a B three or a Hammond, but yeah, the yeah I think the brand of synth she uses is a Korg. Yeah. What? Uh, bear with you. That was one of those things that just cuts in and you feel it. Yeah, no, it's like totally uh, changes the sound. Well, I mean, yeah, there's there's a few bands like in the last you know twenty years or so that have really used that kind of instrument uh, very heavily. Like the one that comes to mind is like Murder City Devils, you know, like for a long time they had that that keyboard as like a huge part of their entirety. And it sets them apart in a lot of ways, because if you take that out, like, yeah, they're still a great band. And like they're just this rock and roll, like, you know, monolith. But man, that that keyboard sound just really like sets them apart from everyone else. You know, and I think that's one of the cool things about Tsunami Bomb as well is that, yep. yeah, like we, we utilize that heavily and it, and it really does set us apart from other bands. I guess Sonoris Rising has a, a keyboard in their band also, so that's why she picked, yeah, that's was, why she picked up on that. Yeah, well, uh, we, we never use organ though, we, we just stick to strictly piano, but it does, it, it makes everything sound different because you usually have, you know, your drums, bass, guitar, and that's, you know, the classic setup, but when you start adding other instruments in it, it definitely uh, changes the feel a lot. I say, what do you call those, th- what do you call those little things that do that, that, uh... Accordions? Accordions? <laughs> yeah, you guys need to add an accordion to the band. <laughs> That'd be so cool. <laughs> I, I really want to get Vinny to... To get a keytar. That, that's yeah. what I'm like pushing That would be for. awesome. <laughs> uh, it's just, just something like have it on her back and then swing it around so that she can like get onto the stage and just kind of jam out for a minute. Or like play on both, like switch from keyboards to her keytar. And just maybe maybe play her piano backwards. I don't know. <laughs> I, I wish I was video recording this so you could see my arm movements right now. Everyone can see what I'm trying, what I'm trying to do. <laughs> like you were, you were, I wasn't exactly sure what you were doing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, <laughs> you had a confused look. Hey, okay, I do want to ask you about um, like Vans Warp Tour because you've done a lot of Vans Warp Tours. Which one would you say is like your favorite Warp Tour? That you've done, and you, I mean, you guys have played different countries and all over. What's between Vans Warped Tour and different countries you guys play that, whether it's Japan, all over Europe, America, 
What would you say the one that stands out in your head the most? Uh, for me, it's it's kind of a toss up between the 2003 Warp Tour where we were on it for the whole tour. Um, so that was just a crazy experience. If you had ever wondered what it would be like to run away and join the circus, that's what it felt like. It felt like <laughs> I had run away and I joined the circus and this was my life now and it was ridiculous and I was there for months and from start to finish the whole thing and it was an amazing time. Uh, and then we came back and I was promptly, uh, everybody didn't want to play with me anymore. <laughs> so, it ended badly, but it was a great time up until then. Uh, but, and it would be a toss up between that experience of uh, that whole summer. Uh, and honestly, the one we just did, the very last work tour uh, that we all performed, uh, the farewell festival they did in uh uh, uh, San Jose in the in Mountain View at the Shoreline Amphitheater. Uh, we performed on it, and it was just such a whirlwind of a weekend. And to have been included as part of it to say farewell to the Warped Tour brand, and like to be able to see so many old friends, and then the crowd reaction was fantastic. And it was so funny because we started playing that. I mean, we started playing and it was like, wow, it was so nice and cool and it was awesome. And then the sun dipped right out from behind the shade as it was going down and lit up the stage like an oven. And even in pictures, you can see photos early on in the set where we're like, all like just going for it. And then afterwards where we look like in pain and that's what it was like (laughs) so hot. But I was like, oh, yeah, this is work. Uh, like, we're all wearing black. And we just said, <laughs> hit with the sun. How, how, was amazing. how long? So how long are your are your usual sets when you do a work tour? Like an hour, 30 minutes, 45 minutes? We like to call ourselves the Grateful Dead of punk rock. We go for a good, <laughs> solid five-hour jam. You just keep it going. Kate, what was it like for you? Um, was this like the first bigger band you've ever been in? This was the first band I've ever been in. Ever. Uh, the, the first time I was on a stage was that House of Blues show with the Vandals. Uh, so talk about jumping in the deep end. Um, so, no, this this is the, the first for me. So Warp Tour in particular was cool because that is, like, so many of us, where I was the 13-year-old kid that my mom would take me to Warp Tour and right. I discovered something other than, you know, 2000s pop. Um, so the first time we played Warp Tour – was incredible. We did two dates in um, Portland and Seattle, but I was a nervous wreck the whole time. So we just listened to naysayers. That's part of where some of that came from because most of it, I don't remember very well because I was just so nervous and trying to figure it out. And that was like the sixth time we'd ever played together. Was it a work tour? So when we got to come back and play that farewell show was one of the most special experiences of my life because not only was it as special as it was on its own, like, I recognized how important it was and how special it was. And it's my hometown. So that's where I grew up going to shows. Um, yeah. But to see, like, there's nostalgia for me as this kid that's now doing this. But every artist that day had the same level of nostalgia. You know, we're watching Dexter Hall and stand on side stage watching. He's having the same moment that we're having that, you know, Bad Cop, Bad Cop is having. That everybody was just so grateful. Uh, it was camaraderie textbook definition of just happiness that day how did how did the audience or how did tsunami bomb fans take it when they found out that you guys had now kate was the lead singer for tsunami bomb 
and you guys have came back and you guys are doing this comeback and you have a new singer. Were the fans really like reaching out in like amazement or were some like, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? Like how, how, how did that play out? And were you worried about that? Yes, we were totally Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would think, but it wound up working out great, you know? It wound up working out great. And I, I can just imagine how it would feel to be like with this band that's already doing big things. You go to Warp Tour because the band's already established and you got like all these fans, you know? It's like, I, I bet you were super nervous to do that. Yeah, I was. And, you know, from the first show we played, though, like, like we talked about, that was supposed to be the only one. Uh, so while people were hesitant, they were also just excited to be able to see Tsunami Bomb. So that's kind of why I went and jumped in anyway. So I was like, look, so many folks have never seen them. I never got to see Tsunami Bomb. But I was like, there's some nostalgia here. I'll get through it. and It'll be okay. So expectations were so low that for us, uh, they would come up after and be like, it was amazing. That was so great. We were so excited for you. But I prefer when people come in with a bar that's already really low and thinking that we're going to suck and I'm going to suck because that's the most honest feedback to me. So we had that reaction. And at the same time, um, this group of teenage girls came up. They must have been maybe 13. Uh, and they came up to our merch booth after and they were like, hey, we just got here. It's our first work tour. And we saw you guys on stage. And they were talking to Oubliette and I. And they were like, we didn't know girls could do this. And this is so cool. And really? they were so excited to see two women at a punk festival and doing this. That, that is so um, cool. And so we had a good conversation with them. It was. And they actually reached out on my Facebook a few months later. And one of them was like, we started a band. You inspired us. So as much as there's those people that occasionally are kind of like, F you, I don't care. Uh, there are people out there that are loving what we're doing yep. for bringing back the band they love. And there's people inspired by it. So it's, I it's, focus on that. It's great when the band came back. With another lady singer, you know, like it, it was, it was, it was, you guys didn't go, you didn't go with the guy singer, you know, or a male singer. You went back to straight up what the band sounds like. And I, that's in order to keep the sound and keep the fans, I think that's super important. So yeah. I will tell you one of the number one questions we get is how do you have two women in a band and how do you not compete and how do you get along? <laughs> it, Every time, yeah. like, what do you, mean? you really like each other? We do. We respect each other. We vibe off each other. Uh, but it's so funny that the world expects us to like have a cat fight every day. That's no, so we, crazy. We like each other. I talked to Stephanie about that. Uh, not about what you just said, but about punk rock bands having a lot of girl singers because I feel like there's more than there is in metal. But I think it kind of fits the punk rock scene. I think every punk band should probably have. A lady singer, because I think I think it kind of sound it sounds good. It's you know, so one time someone asked me, "Do do you mind a, a girl singing for a band because they want to submit their music?" I was like, "Why would I mind? No, <laughs> if the music sounds good, you know, then then send it to me. Then music wind up sounding good." Uh, and Andy, uh, kind of, now have you done any any of the big tours yet with the band? Yeah, I mean the last the last three and a half, almost four years, you know been on a bunch of shows with them, did this last warp tour, uh, did the alternative tentacles festival. Um, yeah. I think we're going to jump right into, oh, I'm going to screw this. I want you to say the name of the song for me. The Hathors. The Hathors. I was going to say the Hathers again. I was it, say... It, it 
reference to the Egyptian god is <laughs> I don't know why I cannot read that word correctly. I just can't. That you're a metal guy, man. Hathors. <laughs> yeah, it's all. <laughs> it's all gonna listen to heavy metal. That's the reason why. <laughs> Here we go right now. Tsunami bomb. That is a great song. I gotta ask you guys: Do you feel when you guys first started? Because the band started originally, the the band itself was 1998. Now we're in yeah. 2020. Do you feel the punk scene has changed, like just in general over those what 22 years? I guess. Uh, I think it definitely has changed. I think um, it's gone. Well, you know, it's funny. I, I say that, but I also would say, and I. I be interesting to see what everyone else thinks of this, Stephanie thinks of this, and everybody, but it's like, I think that it has changed a lot in terms of uh, the music scene and how it's evolved and people kind of coming in and coming out and different generations coming in and coming out and the uh, creative input that everybody's providing and how it's evolved. But I also think at the same time, in its most basic form, punk rock it remains a kind of point of view 
uh, of the ki- of the kids involved, the people involved in it are still very much the same, you know. And it's like th- there's a lot of that same ethos going around. I mean, there's still a bunch of kids who are kind of looking to have a good time and let off some steam and 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 go to a show where they can feel good about it. I mean, not right now, none of us can do that, but they exist and they've always existed. Like uh, Kate had mentioned earlier, you know, one of the most Uh, one of the things that kept us going the most wasn't even the fact of old fans embracing us. It was that there were these new people who had never even heard of Tsunami Bomb and don't know of us of any way other than how we are now. Uh, And they would come up to it and have the same reaction. I would watch these people react to Kate and Oubliette and meet them, you know, these young girls who would be really into it and like, I'd see these guys who were going off and I had this one woman tell me like, it's so crazy when I see men singing along with women singers in a punk rock pit, you know, and like they're chanting every word back at Kate. And like, it's so cool that you have that. And it's like, I think because that, I think that, that is very, that is very cool. But I, I don't think that I would even, I, I, that's funny that people even bring that up because that's not even something I would think about to bring up, I guess. But I guess people do see that and notice that, and that that's a very interesting take. I never would have even thought that. So yeah, it is it is something interesting. But that is that is a very real like a sexism uh, in music scenes are very real. That's a very real thing that exists. I do think that over time there are more and more there is more and more acceptance with females and I have noticed that there are more like I was saying this on the last podcast I did with Sebastian that I mean I would just go to a show and I'd see four bands and maybe see one female musician and now I'm seeing like more like four or five mixed in with those bands it's one of the reasons why I wanted to do what I'm doing because there are a lot less female punk singers than there are males and there, well, there needs to be more of us. And, you know, with, with the whole punk scene changing, too, I mean, I think it kind of has to. In order for us to get new music and to have these little clusters of time periods, you know, it's been changing all the time since the 70s. It's the only way it'll stay alive is if we keep changing the sound a little bit, adding other things, creating more subgenres, mixing different types of music within it. I mean, and we've seen different waves of, of types of punk rock. And then you're also getting a lot of different types from just inside the country from different areas, which it's always been. And there's some fantastic scenes in other countries too that you can add to that. But that, that's how you keep it alive. Is you just you just keep coming out with it and you keep changing it. Totally, one of the best things that could be possibly done for the punk scene is to broaden the base of that pyramid of what is punk and bringing in more elements. The worst thing anyone could do is be a quote unquote purist. Fuck you. Find something exactly. crazy. Bring in something interesting. Change it up. Like I don't. Yeah. I, I I can't I think I can't couldn't agree more Stephanie with what you're saying right there I think that's I don't like it, when people say punk is dead it is never it's died. not dead it's never gonna well, die I think I think something that that can be said about punk rock is that it's it's always supposed to be like confrontational you know in its nature and it's supposed to kind of challenge you uh, a bit 
And I like how Tim is your site supposed to challenge you. <laughs> yeah. You're right. You're right. No, I, I, I think I think that it's supposed to like challenge like what you're what you're seeing and like what society is supposed to be all about. And like, you know, we've we've come like in the last like twenty five years, you know, like we've as a I think as a whole been able to accept certain things like, you know, women and queer people, people of color, you know, taking more of a forefront there's still a lot of opportunity there, you know? So that will remain something that will have to be challenged. But, but now on to the next thing, like what are we going to challenge people on next? You know, and like you see, like I think that you're seeing that in the younger generation, you're seeing a lot of trans punk, a lot of like, you know, people, you know, bringing up, you know, I mean, like obviously the last four years have been kind of crazy with like the administration that we went through and everything, but you know, what are we going to do with the next one? Like, what are we going to do about the division in this country? Like, what are we going to do about like cli- climate change and like all that stuff and all of that can be and should be addressed in punk, you know? I think punk rock does bring a lot of that up and I'm not going to, Stephanie, do you want to elaborate on the, the trans thing? My, my keyboard player is a trans woman. Yeah. So I do th- say that, you know, uh, over 20 years ago, that might not have been as accepted as it is now. And I mean, I, I kind of think about or seeing how people embrace the singer of against me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you had, I, I would think that a few decades ago that a lot more people would have turned to that band, turned on that band, but you know, their following is still going just as strong. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's a few, what, what's that, uh, completely trans band, a gloss, I think they're, gloss, they're called. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that that's that's absolutely fantastic. There's like totally in your face. I love them. Man, shit shit just got deep on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> shit just got deep. Buckle up, Sebastian. <laughs> I know, fuck, man. But I, I thought real quick, I do think that that was important that Andy did bring that up and it, it was important that he brought it up especially with Stephanie on the podcast to be able to kind of elaborate on that a little bit. And I, I found that it was kind of interesting to be able to do that on this episode. So Cool conversation. Shit got a little deep there for a second. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and we're going to play another song. The last song we're going to play is Sinkhole by Tsunami Bomb. And then we're going to pretty much end the podcast. I want you guys to give out some shout outs. And I think I have one more little question. And let's play Sinkhole right now.
that was Sinkhole by Tsunami Bomb. I gotta ask you, are there any bands that are like maybe local bands that aren't as well known yet that you've played with or that you work with or hang around and see that you really just like and you'd like to mention them on the podcast? Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll take the lead on this one. Um, so there's a few bands that I, I'm gonna give a shout out to. Uh, not only just great bands that we are friends with, but a few bands that I work with with a small record label that I run. Uh, there's a band out of the East Bay area called Middle-Aged Queers. Um, super fun. They they honestly wrote one of the best songs of the year called Gary's Making Biscuits. And it's basically about a song, like doing that thing on blankets where you make biscuits. <laughs> That's literally what it's about. And it's fucking awesome. And you should totally check it out. I will check um, it out. <laughs> yeah. And then um, I, I'm sure Dom was probably going to mention them, but there's a band out of the Bay Area that are near and dear to us called the hammer bombs. And everyone needs to know about them immediately. They wrote a, an album called Goodnight Dreamboat, And it's fantastic punk rock. It's like basically t- like picking up where lookout records left off. So anyone into like the lookout record scene, like should immediately drop what they're doing and get on the hammer bombs right now. Yeah. Dude, let, let them know also if they want to be, if, if you recommend them, that means I'm going to like them, get a hold of them and tell them to get a hold of me. And we'll do, I have a really busy rest of the year, but if you guys recommend a band you want me to talk to on the podcast, I will make time for them. I promise you that. Grumster is another great one from this area that I've really fallen in love with. Uh, Fallon and company are just a fantastic band on Asian Man Records. And uh, this would have been a humongous year for them if they'd have been able to tour. They were supposed to go out. I don't know if I can say who they were going to go out. It was someone really big. And right. it would have been really huge. Uh, I don't even the tour got announced, so I'm not sure I'm allowed to say. I, I don't know. But <laughs> anyway, it, it, everything just got postponed, so they're gonna um, they're gonna get to to go out. And everyone should check out Grumster. They're a Bay Area band that I think is good. I totally would have shouted out the Hammer Bombs. Uh, <laughs> Arno Core is another one that's really fun. They are just unbelievable live and super fun. They are crazy. They pretend to be pretend. They would get mad at me saying they pretend. They are <laughs> rescue commandos who sing about the mythological stories from their homeland, such as Commando, Predator, Last Action Hero. I think you're getting the, the gist. Yeah. Uh, you know, children's fairy tales like Kindergarten Cop and Twins. So okay. they're just absolutely ridiculous and super fun. Uh, I also like the Darts a lot. They're a garage rock band that, uh, garage rock punk band that's on um, uh, Alternative Tentacles. There's another band called The 210s that we've played with a few times that are really, really great. Um, I don't know, Kate, what do you think? I mean, the one that always comes to mind for me really is Bad Cop, Bad Cop in these moments. You know, they've definitely built up a following, but like those people are amazing musicians beyond that they're amazing yeah um, but but they're just so talented um and they're just amazing humans and really supportive of when we talk about the scene when we talk about keeping punk alive and we talk about like that inclusion um those are are the people that come to mind first and foremost for me i think it's really i think it's really um awesome when bigger bands you know we do a lot of smaller bands we do some bigger bands on on our podcast and i really think it's awesome when a lot of bigger names give shout outs to some other bands, you know, I've asked other bands that they're always like, no one, <laughs> like edit it out, <laughs> I delete it, <laughs> like that's rude. Like, there's no other bands you could think of right now that you want to say, like you know, say something to. It gives me an op- it gives it gives our listeners an opportunity to 
know who you guys like and maybe grow their audience a little bit. So that's why I asked that question. You guys have been great on the podcast. There's like so many more questions I could have asked uh, that I wrote down, but it's already been over an hour and I have to edit this tonight. <laughs> so we're going to end it. Stephanie, do you have any last words before we end the podcast? No, I, I mean, I just want to say that you guys were great and I enjoyed the interview thoroughly and I'm looking forward to seeing what else you guys are coming out with and I'm glad that you're still making music and performing music when you can. So that's all. Thanks, Stephanie. All right. Thanks to everyone who listened to the Loud Spot podcast. I don't want you, one, two, three, four of you plus me to go anywhere. Stay right there. But to all the listeners, we appreciate you sending us your music. I love to hear your songs and keep it coming. Thanks, everybody. This has been The Loud Spot with Sebastian. Have a good night. Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years' experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I 270 and MD 85 in Frederick, right next to Long Shots Off Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1 800 Gambler.